0: Okay, we're recording. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, we have a very special guest. His name is Dr. Philip Thomas Tucker. He's the author of 75 books. He's a very prolific writer on primarily American history, is what I could see from his very long list of history books. But today we're going to talk about one of those books that he's written. The title of that book is America's Female Buffalo Sold- Soldier, a new look at the life of Kathy Williams in history and memory published in 2017. But Mr. Tucker is an award-winning historian dedicated to compiling corrected and informed works on the truth of the American experience. And like I said, he's written many books. He's also internationally renowned for his presentation of historical narratives in a manner that brings to light lesser known events that have defined our understanding of history as we study it. And some of his titles, I'm going to list not all of them, but one is George Washington's Surprise Attack, a New Look at the Battle that Decided the Fate of America, published 2014. Also, How the Irish Won the American Revolution. A New Look at the Forgotten Heroes of America's War of Independence, 2015. Anne Bonnie, the Infamous Female Pirate, 2017. Gettysburg's Most Hellish Battleground, The Devil's Den, July 2nd, 1863, from 2019. Also, Exodus from the Alamo, The Anatomy of the Last Stand Myth, 2020. And Pickett's Charge, revised and updated, a new look at Gettysburg's Final Attack 2020. And you can find all those that I just listed uh, at Amazon or through his website, which is his full name, philipthomastucker.com. Again, his website is philipthomastucker.com. But uh, Dr. Tucker, are you there?
1: Yes, sir. Thank yes. you for the great introduction, and I appreciate your kind words. And uh I'm ready to talk about Kathy Williams.
0: Great. I mean, this is a name that I hadn't heard. I was familiar with the Buffalo Soldiers. But for people who may not have heard of some of your books, or your background, can you talk, you have a, a very lengthy CV, can you talk about your background and what led you to write this book, America's Female Buffalo Soldier?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question, and I appreciate that. Uh, I try throughout my career to specialize on, on people who have never received recognition that certainly deserve recognition, and Kathy Williams uh, fit into that perfectly. She... Uh, Disguised herself as, as a male, and right after the Civil War, she joined the uh, Buffalo Soldiers. Most people think Buffalo Soldiers were cavalrymen, but actually, several regiments were were infantry regiments. She joined uh, the 38th uh, United States Infantry, which was an all-black our Buffalo Soldier regiment. Uh, her situation was unique, and because right after the Civil War, she and after being freed, she had to uh, devise a means how to support herself and survive, and she came up with the uh, novel concept of uh, serving as a, as a male soldier. Uh, she enlisted. She was a Missourian. She enlisted uh, at Jefferson Barracks, which is just south of St. Louis on the uh, Mississippi River, and it's a an installation to this day. And... Uh, on November 15, 1866, not long after Congress gave the formal approval for the creation of Buffalo Soldier Regiment, she joined on that day, November 15,
0: 1866.
1: Uh, she was a Missourian. She was born in uh, Jackson County, Missouri, and that's on the other side of the state from St. Louis, uh, near Kansas City. She was born near uh, Independence, Missouri, which is the uh, Jackson County, Missouri, at the start of the uh, famous Santa Fe Trail. She was born a slave, of course. and uh, in her own words, she gave a great interview uh, to the St. Louis newspaperman that appeared in January 2nd, 1876 edition of the St. Louis Daily Times. Quote unquote, here's what she told the reporter. Uh, My father was a free man, but my mother a slave, belonging to William Johnson, a wealthy farmer, lived at the time. I was born near Independence, Jackson County, Missouri. So we don't know much about her background other than she was a slave. And uh, we do know she served throughout the years uh, in the Civil War, but not in terms of her own free will. Uh, when Missouri was liberated by Union troops in the summer of 1861, uh, Union troops marched into, uh, she was at Jefferson uh, City at this time, which is the capital of Missouri, and uh, she was liberated at that time in June 1861, and uh, she was forced to accompany Union soldiers as as a cook. Uh, She made a Career out of it from 1861 to 1865, serving not only in the Western Theater but also in the Eastern Theater, including in the sta- cooking for the staff of uh, uh, General Phil Sheridan uh, when he conducted his famous uh, Shenandoah Valley campaign of uh, 1864.
0: And she was kind of part of a of a tradition of African American slaves or freedmen being cooks for kind of generals or the military or even kind of revolutionary, known revolutionary people like Jefferson and Washington, yes. right?
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah, that goes way back, uh, like you mentioned, to the uh, uh, to the American Revolution. Uh, Washington had uh, uh, a number of uh, black female slaves who were cooks at his headquarters. And uh, this tradition goes all the way back, goes way back to, and Indian War, and it was uh, very commonplace. Of course, the turning point in American history where African Americans served, of course, was in the Civil War when uh, Lincoln with his uh, decision to emancipate the slaves, of course, uh, he also authorized the uh, uh, black regiments. They were called uh, United States Colored Troops, officially. That was the official name. And, uh, uh, they made a very distinguished contribution because the Civil War, Four-Year War, was a war of attrition and uh, manpower was, was the key. And the South had no uh, extra available manpower, so the North really benefited from utilizing over 200,000 African-American troops of these uh, USCT regiments, and they played key roles in the last two years of the war, 1864 and 1865. Uh... Now, what's kind of interesting about Kathy Williams, as a cook in the Civil War, she really wasn't connected with these regiments. She was connected with, uh, with white units and white commanders like Phil uh, Sheridan. And, uh, However, the influence and the role that she, she heard about from the uh, USCT troops uh, certainly inspired her. Uh, you know, We don't know in her own words she didn't say this, but they almost certainly... She saw them, and they, it certainly inspired her to, to enlist in the Buffalo Soldiers, uh, uh, November fifteenth, 1866, in part because those regiments at that time, the Buffalo Soldier regiments were consisted primarily of uh, Civil War veterans, black veterans, who served in the U.S.C.T. They played such key roles uh, in combat situations in 1864 and 1865. Uh, it's kind of interesting, the story you mentioned in the title of the book uh, that came out in 2017. Actually, the first book <laughs> uh, about Kathy Williams, I, I had, uh, it was released in 2002. Uh, and that's, that's entitled Kathy Williams, From Slave to Female Buffalo Soldier. Actually, I've done three books on her. The second one is America's Female Buffalo Soldier, a new book the life of Kathy Williams, History and Memory. And that I included new material that I found, research that I didn't have for the 2002 book. And I also came out with a, a third book on Kathy Williams. This was in 2019, entitled Kathy Williams: American Female Buffalo Soldier. In her own words, where I give a good background of her, and also we uh, we printed up her uh, her words that, that uh, she told her life story uh, to this uh, St. Louis a newspaper man of the St. Louis Daily Times. Uh, It's very revealing, and this was the basis of the book, of course, is is her own story, plus I had documents from the National Archives about her and
0: And often, Uh, like, these types of characters were overlooked in history as, you know, kind of the socioeconomically disadvantaged were often not focused on. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's and that's why I did it. It's it certainly a forgotten story, and it kind of ends tragically because uh, even the government denied her existence, basically on the legal premise that women uh, legally could not serve in the U.S. military. Therefore, she wasn't deserving of a military pension after she uh, uh, in, in the 18, uh, late 1800s when she was really in bad shape physically and really needed attention. So she didn't get much respect from anybody, but she was very proud of her service. She served from, like I say, November 1866 to October uh, uh, 1868, and quote-unquote, here's what she says, I was never put in the guardhouse, no bayonet was ever put to my back. I carried my musket and did guard and other duties while in the Army. Uh, so she was very you know, I had a soldier mentality, very proud of what she accomplished, which included a an Apache campaign in the mountains of New Mexico that she served on. And, uh, like you say, she's one of the forgotten people in American history and Af- African American history. Uh,
0: Even so, in uh,
1: actually yeah. she's the first, first soldier, first black female soldier who served in the U.S. military. So, in that sense, of course, she's a pioneer for all the black women who serve in the U.S. military.
0: Right and she had an unblemished record until she was discovered as a woman so she had an unblemished... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah correct indeed. Uh, she allowed herself after successfully, uh, you know, disguised as, as, as a male for almost two years, she was uh, tall then and so that helped her in her disguise of course. And uh, She finally allowed herself be discovered because she had tired of military service at that time. There was some real problems uh, on her outpost duty at remote forts in New Mexico. There was some racial issues. The uh, white officers, uh, uh, the black troops of the Civil War had white officers, and they also had white officers. The, the Buffalo Soldier regiment. At that time, she was pretty discouraged because there was some ra- ugly racial incidents between the Buffalo Soldiers and uh, the White Officers. And, uh, some of the White Officers were, were Southerners, and may well have served in the uh, Confederate Army uh, uh, in that case. But it's, uh, like you say, it's a story that has just fallen through the cracks, and that's one reason why I really wanted to do whatever I could about it, because uh, I knew it was a great story, and it was time, time for it to be told. Like I said, the first book, Captain Williams from... Slate and the Female Buffalo Sister came out in 2002, and that was a time where uh, black history was a lot less accepted than it is now. Uh, I was actually very lucky to get it published. Uh, Stackpole Books in Pennsylvania were, were, was the publisher, and fortunately I had a very good relationship with them. They were a Civil War publisher, one of the best, and I had done uh, three other books with them. They were Civil War. And I had a good relationship with the uh, with the editor, Mr. William C. Davis. He's one of the biggest names in history uh, and in American history. And uh, I knew it would be a tough sell because they were a Civil War publisher. And usually when you publish a book, you you know just toss your idea to the editor and, and hopefully you know they'll accept it. But I knew this would be tough. So I, I gamb- decided to gamble, which... Uh, because I knew the story was so important, and it had to be published. So I did something that uh, was unprecedented. You're not supposed to do. I just I just wrote the book and sent it to the publisher, which which was pretty crazy. But I just didn't want to take a chance to, that for anybody to say no. And luckily, uh, they 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 liked it, and uh, so the book came out in 2002. And we had a great. Uh, Cover portrait of of Kathy Williams. We don't know what Kathy Williams looked like, of course. There's no known photographs of her. That doesn't mean none exist. Maybe one day one will be discovered. Uh, But on the cover of the book, we have a great painting by a a Kansas City artist named William Jennings. And uh, he has her in full uniform. And uh, in the 90s, it was a very popular painting. You often saw it at art stores back then. That was the height of Kevin Williams' interest in her was uh, during that period. And it was the first painting that, that came out representing her, so I was lucky to get that on on the cover.
0: Right, And you can see um, that she kind of cultivated a manly appearance, right? Like you wrote that in the book, that she definitely had her hair either short or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, William Jennings, of course, he's a a great painter, and he's going on, he's using a little artistic license, because we don't really know uh, what she looks like other than, you know, her enlistment papers, which which described her as rather tall and thin and dark. Uh, uh, He used a a high school model, I believe, and uh, she's obviously very pretty, and... uh, it would have been hard to uh, fool the men when, if she actually looked like that. So it's kind of a glamorized uh, portrait, but it's still a good one, and it catches her her essence and spirit. Now, when I was a historian uh, for the United States Air Force with the Department of Defense, we had a good artist on, uh, ex-military man on, uh, on the base, and I asked him, well, can, can you try to can you do me a sketch of Kathy Williams and and kind of show, make it more realistic uh, to what she probably actually looked like. And so he did a great portrait of her. The artist's name is Marty Brazil, and he was living in Biloxi, Mississippi. I was a historian at the Kiesler Air Force Base Biloxi. He did a great Kennedy sketch of her where you just can't tell the difference if it's a he or she. Uh, which, you know, that's certainly more authentic than than the the cover painting by Mr. Jennings, even though he did a marvelous job. But we have this sketch. I was able to get it in the uh, the Kathy Williams book that came out in in 2002. And uh, that really added a lot and and nicely complements the cover portrait.
0: Right. And she was, I mean, she was definitely a pioneer as well as a Buffalo Soldier, there were other pioneers uh, headed west that were also African American women too, right? And men.
1: Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the things that I really like about the book and writing about African American history in general. It's it's a, it's a gold mine, not so much monetarily, but in terms of the richness of the history. And uh, there's a very strong tradition of uh, African Americans going west. And it goes all the way back to the colonial period, uh, even before the French and Indian War. They're on the frontier, black men and women uh, in the north and the south. For example, uh, some of the earliest defenders of South Carolina when they against uh, Native American attacks uh, in the militia, you, you had African Americans uh, serving in the militia. This was pretty universal all throughout the colonies, all the way from New York down to South Carolina and, and then Georgia uh, so it, so there's a very long and distinguished tradition that Kathy Williams is a part of but she does earn the renown of having been the first black female to have served in, officially in the United States military uh, there might have been others maybe uh, you know they'll surface one day uh, but at this time we don't know of any others and so Kathy Williams has that has that Uh, position all by herself. Uh, So like I say, it's a great story, and it was one that needed to be told, and uh, I was just lucky enough to kind of stumble upon it, in part because I was from Missouri, and uh, uh, her story is very much of a Missouri story. Again, she was born in Jackson County, Missouri, near Kansas City, 1844, and she enlisted in I just south of St. Louis, uh, Jefferson Barracks, which I grew up in the St. Louis area, so this is very personal. She enlisted on November 15th, which just happens to be my birthday, strange enough. So I knew all about these places where she lived uh, as a slave and uh, also uh, after she was liberated. So I uh, also knew about the battlefields and the areas where she served in the Civil War and also about... Uh, Places where she served out west. So a right, there was really, that. Well, sorry to interrupt. Really it was
0: the, the Battle of Pea Ridge, right? Wasn't she there?
1: Yeah, she was there as a cook, and that was a, a key battle because really that was like the Gettysburg of the uh, uh, Trans Mississippi Theater. Uh, it basically, after Pea Ridge, the North was ensured the conquest of the Trans Mississippi Theater, you know, or west of the Mississippi River, which was far more. Uh, Strategically important that generations of historians have have basically recognized. Uh, I'd like to tell you also how her legacy lives on. Uh, In 2002, I was a historian of the D.C. area and had a uh, talk about uh, Kathy Williams at a Barnes & Noble in Alexandria, Virginia. And uh, it just so happened the manager of the bookstore, uh, the story of Kathy Williams, rang a bell with him. He remembered, he was uh, an African-American gentleman, his name was uh, Bernard C. Drews, Jr. And I had him, he said he he, he knew of Kathy Williams, he had heard about her, not by name, but uh, he knew from an incident that happened during the Second World War. I had him write a letter about the experience, and he said, and this was in 2002, uh, when I met him December 2nd for the uh, presentation Kathy Wins, he wrote, some 38 years ago, in 1964, I was stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas. And this is where Kathy Williams once served, and she, uh, after she enlisted in St. Louis, she went out and was stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas. To continue Mr. Drew's account, I was stationed at... Fort Riley, Kansas, as a second lieutenant in the 2nd Brigade of the U.S. Army 1st Division, the Big Red One. I recall very distinctly having to break up a barracks fight between two young enlisted soldiers. One of them had stated that he had been very convincingly informed by some African-American residents in the town of Junction City, Kansas, just outside Fort Riley, that there had been a female soldier in the Buffalo Soldier. The other soldier, who apparently viewed himself as a a helpful soldier, story, took great offense at the statement, and a fight ensued. (laughs) So so here we have, in in the Second World War, the verification of of Kathy Williams, her legacy, that I was able to find by just giving a talk about her in, in December 2002.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. And for people who may not have known of the background, of the Buffalo Soldiers. Can you talk about them in that, that period in history of what was happening in the Midwest?
1: Uh, yes, of course. Uh, what the uh, United States government learned, of course, by the Civil War is it might not well have been won without the over 200,000 flag troops the USCT regiments who served uh, mainly in 1864 and 1865. Uh, therefore, after the Civil War, and of course, 1865, uh, the next challenge for the U.S. Army was to pacify the, the western frontier. The railroads were pushing west, and settlers were moving west, and they needed to be—they needed to be protected, of course. And that's when Congress authorized these Buffalo Soldier regiments. Again, like i mentioned, not only cavalry but also infantry regiments, and, and like I said. Uh, Kevin Williams had joined the uh, Thirty-eighth United States Infantry, which was a Buffalo Soldier regiment. So they played uh, throughout the history of the West from the 1860s uh, to even the 1890s. In that period, they were uh, African American troops of the Buffalo Soldier regiments played key roles uh, throughout the West. Uh, of course, the, uh, the, the troopers of the uh, Black troopers of the 9th and 10th Cavalry are the most famous, but the uh, infantry uh, personnel like Kathy Wean, and 38th U.S. Infantry also played a key role. Uh, but it's not only a Western frontier story, uh, but it's also about, uh, about the Spanish American War. Buffalo soldiers played key roles uh, in the Spanish American War. For example, uh, they were among the first troops. Uh, uh, that captured the Spanish defenses at San Juan Hill. Of course, Teddy Roosevelt, his Rough Riders, who were all white soldiers, of course, a lot of blue bloods from New York City, like uh, Roosevelt, they received all the the credit for having taken San Juan Hill. And of course, that was the uh, catalyst that pushed uh, Roosevelt into the White House. But actually, when the white uh, uh, Rough Riders, reached the crest of San Juan Hill, uh, the Buffalo soldiers were there waiting for them. They had led the way, and uh, that's just one example that they played prominent roles not only in the Spanish-American War, but later uh, in the Philippine insurrection, a war that lasted uh, quite a few years, uh, uh, on into the early years of the 20th century, and they're playing uh, leading uh, roles for the United States military they were almost like shock troops, they were, if any tough work had to be done, they had the uh, Buffalo soldiers uh, uh, first and foremost, and and they compiled a very uh, distinguished record.
0: And at that Uh, time, disease was like a serious problem, too, right? uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's... like during the Civil War, any war from the American Revolution to the Civil War, disease always took more lives than, than enemy bullets. And that was no exception. The Buffalo Soldiers went through the same uh, situation. As uh, a matter of fact, Kathy Williams, her health was virtually destroyed by her two years of service, which which uh, was very physically demanding, even uh, including one time swimming the, the Rio Grande River up. Up it, up it, near its upper reaches uh, in New Mexico, and uh, by the 1880s, her health was very seriously impaired and that was one reason why she needed the uh, disability uh, pension, and she uh, actually got a lawyer and hoped that uh, she was able to get this pension, and uh, they they worked with uh, government officials in Washington, D.C., and of course, like I mentioned, she failed to get her pension on on the premise that uh, that legally females couldn't serve in the United States Army. Therefore, she wasn't entitled to uh, to any benefits, <laughs> right. even though she served nearly nearly two years. Uh, uh, after now, uh, another interesting aspect of the life and you brought it up. It's not just a military story, but it's a very very much of a pioneers pioneering story, and this is good reason uh, to take a look at her life, because i focus on other black pioneers who were out west. And uh, she mentioned, for example, uh, after she left the Union Army, again, this was a a cook and a laundress. She served from 1861 to 1865. Quote, unquote, here's her own words. After leaving the Army, I went to Pueblo, Colorado where I made money by cooking in Washington. I, in Washington. I got married while there, but my husband was no account. He stole my watch and chain, $100 in money, and my team of horses and wagon. I had him arrested and put in jail. Then I came here, which was Trinidad, uh, Colorado. That's where she finally settled, and that's, wh- that's where she ended her life. I, what little information we have about this period. Uh, she goes on about Trinidad, uh, Colorado. I like this town. I know all the good people here, and I expect to get rich yet. I have not got my land worn. I, I thought I would wait till the railroad came and then take my land near the depot. Uh, Grant, Melissa says, Grant owns all this land around here, and it won't cost me anything. When she said Grant, she means um, the U.S. government. Uh, I shall never live in the States again. At that time, of course, uh, Colorado was a territory, yet to be a state. And and as I hear, she continues, I shall never live in the states again. You see, I have a good sewing machine, and I get Washington to do and clothes to make. I want to get along and not be a burden to my friends and relatives. Uh, Now, that's a key statement, because that was her exact reasoning, as she stated also in this interview, about why she joined uh, the Buffalo Soldiers, November fifth, 1866. Uh, quote-unquote, not to be a burden to my friends or relatives. So she was, as a woman, she was certainly ahead of her time in terms of being independent uh, and single-minded and wanting to go her own way. So uh, it's a real American story in terms of uh, courage and character and uh, doing what you believe in. And and her life personifies all that, that, uh, even her listening uh, as a Buffalo Soldier.
0: Right and Trinidad, Trinidad was a pioneer. right and Trinidad is what just a little bit north, currently of the border of New Mexico. Right, so it's yeah, it's, it's, south it's of 13
1: miles, 13 miles north, and it's in mountainous country. It's a very uh, uh, picturesque location, and she finally found the peace out west that certainly didn't did exist in her native state of Missouri, of uh, course, where she knew slavery and also the horrors of the Civil War. So, out west, she found a certain peace of mind. It was more multicultural out there, of course, with uh, more uh, Hispanics and Native Americans, um, much different than from Native Missouri. So, she she found her place that she had always been looking for. Uh, we don't know much how about the end of her life because she just falls off the historical record after she refused her uh, uh, disability pension again because she was... It was illegal for women to serve in the the U.S. military, therefore they used that angle to uh, decline her pension, even though she was in physically bad shape. So we don't know where exactly she ends, but we do think it looks like she spent the rest of her days in this Trinidad, Colorado. It's kind of interesting. Her life came full circle in a very strange way. Um, Her service in the Buffalo, Buffalo Soldiers revolved very much around duty along the, the Santa Fe Trail. And that was an old wagon route that, uh, way before the uh, Mexican-American War that Missouri uh, traders would, would go west, south and west, and, and go to the Spanish territory. And uh, Santa Fe was the capital, and that's where they would do a lot of trading. Uh, And the start of the Santa Fe Trail was Independence, Missouri, near where she was born. And Trinidad was actually, Colorado was actually located on the Santa Fe Trail. So it's really kind of odd that her whole life from beginning to end centers on the Santa Fe Trail. Uh, The exception being the Civil War, where she served in armies both in the Western Theater and the Eastern Theater. Uh, And that nearly four years from
0: 1861 to 1865. And she kind of had to she come out of slavery, gets emancipated, liberated, and then sees kind of that same type of enslavement of Native Americans kind of in the area she's at, right? Uh, New Mexico. Yeah, so yeah.
1: She saw the, uh, you know, both the ugly sides and the, the better sides that you know she could... This, more readily accepted out West because actually it was more, generally speaking, more of a egalitarian uh, atmosphere in the, in the West uh, in terms of people from all over the place that were settling and people had to really get along more than, say, the East in order to survive. So it was more of neighbors helping each other and everybody kind of working together at times for you know, it could get pretty tough. And uh, so she found it greatly to her liking and she found peace and where she wanted to be at this old town, Trinidad, uh, uh, Colorado. Uh, some reviewers of the book have understood, you know, the different aspects I presented and appreciated it. Uh, for example, the Library Journal, they said uh, uh, about the Kathy Williams book, and this is the first one in 2002. Kathy Williams slave to female Buffalo soldier, uh, they say, quote-unquote, the Library Journal, a unique story of gender and race, time and place, Tucker's work is recommended read. It reaches across categories from Americans, African Americans, and military history to Western and women's history. And that really captured the essence of it, and that's why I knew the story was important, and that's why it was fun to do, because you're dealing with, with so many different subjects and, and right. so many different fields, but yet you're only... Uh, you know writing the story of the life of, of, of one person, uh, which was a real treat because it gave you an opportunity to look in other directions and tell other stories so uh, that was very very enjoyable
0: and you I think you can tell in reading your book like you can tell you you have a very broad knowledge of American history because you 're putting all this information about custer and his relationship to some african American cooks things that enrich her story and it's interesting because she he, she and custer kind of went west together she had to have known custer right or about Custer? yeah at, at, some, at
1: some point because uh that's interesting you bring up custer custer was offered after the civil war he was offered uh, to command a buffalo soldier regiment of course he, he declined uh for uh, obvious reasons i think uh but yeah it's I think it, it, I was fortunate to do the book because I had been writing about American history for so long at that point that you were able to uh, uh, go different directions in different fields and in and, and trying to place her story in perspective as, as much as possible. And, uh, in, in telling her story, you have to tell the story of others, uh, in part because there's really so, so little uh, documentation about her of her life. Uh, again, like I mentioned, we just have two things. We have her uh, National Archives service records in Washington, D.C. they are pretty scanty but they give you the basic facts and then uh, they, the rather short interview that she gave uh, uh, the St. Louis newspaperman that appeared in the January 2nd uh, 1876 issue of a major St. Louis newspaper and, and at that time it uh, was something the reporter was interested in doing her story because that was a that was the centennial and uh, patriotism was about very very high. Uh, so yeah, to tell her story, you have to fill in the gaps. And, and luckily, I had a broad knowledge of Missouri history, African American history, Civil War history, uh, women's history. So so it really it really came together really nicely and very easily
0: actually yeah i mean it's uh it's a great read I've, i learned a lot from this i'd never heard her name before uh dr tucker where is the best place for people to get america's female buffalo soldier
1: yeah all three uh, all three buy-ins that i've done on her again the first one being in 2002 and then the second one was 2017 and the third one was
0: 2019 uh, just
1: on amazon uh, i'm on amazon under philip thomas tucker and, you can see her her books, and uh, they've been well-received, and uh, I've been pretty lucky. And, uh, it's very fun to do. I don't know if, if the rest of my life I'll ever find a story quite as good as the story you can.
0: Interesting. And if people want to reach out to you, the best place is your website, Philip Thomas Tucker, all one word, is that right?
1: Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah.
0: philipthomastucker.com, right? Or do you have any other social media you want to promote?
1: Uh, no, actually, I'm, I keep a low profile on right. social media. I just uh, kind of keep my head down and do my work. But uh, I'm, I'm on the internet. You can, you can just, right. me on this.
0: just type in Dr. Philip Thomas Tucker. Again, thank you so yeah. much for the interview. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Well, thank you. I greatly appreciate it. It's an honor. And uh, yeah, great. You did a great job, and uh, we got a great subject. So we we got something good going. All
0: right. right. Stay there just for one second. Let me just finish this title: America's Female Buffalo Soldier. A new look at the life in Kathy Williams, In History and Memory, by Dr. Philip Thomas Tucker, published 2017. Thank you so much.
1: Okay, thank you, sir. Right, I care. appreciate it, and Kathy Williams
0: appreciates you. Cool. Yeah, we'll keep her, keep her memory alive.
1: Okay, thank All right, you,